Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Emmy. Chloe and Lamar's wedding part two. How you feeling? Both excited and ready. Me too. I will say, I'll tell you guys where we left off last week with part one, just to give you a reminder in a second. I would just like to start by saying that I felt really validated in the response to our episode because everybody really got where we were coming from in the sense of like, we almost just wanted to watch this episode frozen in time. And we get it that the shit that went down with Chloe and Lamar was really bad and by no means... Do we want them back together? That being said, we could still realize how special this time was for them and everybody got it. Everybody got it. And I have to say, I was a little nervous after we had finished that people were kind of going to misunderstand what we were saying and think that we were justifying what happened in the end or we were trying to look past it. And everyone really understood what we were saying in terms of just feeling like they were soulmates. Like it was such a moment in time and I felt like everybody was so on board and appreciative of being able to just take it as that and understand it as that. Me too. Because the thing is, we do miss this Lamar. We do miss this particular moment in time and the way that they were together. We obviously don't miss what it turned into, but like sometimes it's fun to just look at things as they were. I know so much of what we do is kind of comparing and contrasting and I love doing that. But with this particular thing, it just felt fun to do. So just a thank you to everyone that listened. You really got where we were coming from and I just can't tell you how much I appreciated that. So much. And this next part is like emotional too. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we left you off with scene 17, which is when Caitlin is watching the 5 o'clock news or whatever dramatization of the 5 o'clock news the producers put on. And she finds out that Chloe and Lamar are getting engaged. She calls Chris. Chris does that classic thing of, honey, can't hear you, going through a bad area. We'll talk when I get home. So we are now entering this first scene where Chris walks in at the same time as Chloe and she warns Chloe, just want to let you know, Caitlin just called me. She saw your engagement on TV. So 
It's already a very uncomfortable situation. They walk upstairs. The awkwardness is palpable. Like, I don't know if you could cut the tension with a knife, but you could definitely cut the awkwardness with a knife. And Chris says, I'll be the mediator since no one's going to say anything. Caitlin just saw the five o'clock news and it said that you and Lamar got engaged. Chloe goes, okay. And is that a bad thing? Caitlin goes, I got to listen to the news to find out that you're engaged. You've known this guy for what, a month? Chloe goes, so you married my mom after five months. And this moment, like we'll go through the entire scene, but I think that line really escalated things. Definitely. Like, I think Caitlin was infuriated that Chloe would even try to draw a remote comparison. Yeah, she was. And then what happened was, you know, Caitlin is so obviously upset about having to find out about this from the news. And so she's really fixated on that. And Chloe is really fixated on the engagement element of it. And like, defending her engagement so this entire fight is just a complete miscommunication because the thing that sparked this fight was the fact that she had to find out about it from the news and chloe would not acknowledge that well that's what we were talking about last week just about how the way that chloe responded to every single situation was so off and i don't think we realized how off it was until you know us now watching it at 26 years old (laughs) we have a completely different perspective because Really what happens here is exactly what we were saying last week, where the core of the issue was kind of Chris in the sense that Chris starts to defend Chloe and saying, you know, technically she's not even engaged yet. She hasn't even gotten the ring yet and kind of using that as a justification. Because remember, if we're going with Chloe's line of thought, it was fine that she didn't tell Caitlin because she was going to wait till she actually had the ring and she was technically engaged. And this is where Rob kind of speaks up and basically says to Chris, like, you don't even care about your husband. And then he says, Bible. And Rob storms out. The entire thing just becomes a disaster. But to me, that one line where Chris allows Chloe's completely delusional logic to lead is really like the core of the issue here. Yes. And what's so strange about the way that Chris reacted was in front of Caitlin, she defended Chloe and said, Chloe's technically not engaged, quote unquote. And then when Caitlin was out of the room, that's when Chris said, you know, Caitlin's just really hurt. Like you really hurt her by this. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that would say, you know, you defend your kid and then you have the conversation. But in this scenario, it just felt so twisted and so wrong to what Caitlin was trying to explain. Right. And the other reason that it was a little bit confusing as the viewer is because, yes, I know what you're saying is that post this scene when Chris talks to Chloe, she kind of explains how Caitlin was feeling. But also pre this scene, Chris had expressed to Chloe multiple times how wrong this was. So it wasn't like, you know, Caitlin getting upset was her realization that this was the wrong thing to do. She was very aware morally that this was not really that morally sound. So it was just kind of a very bizarre turn of events. And I guess, like I said, watching it now, I definitely can have what I think is a much more informed perspective than when I watched it the first time. Oh, totally. And to take a look at the scene beyond just the fight, which like I think we can all agree on who was right and who was wrong in this, no matter what. What was so interesting about this scene is to see the family dynamics at play, to watch Rob stand up for Caitlin and say to Chris, you are being a bad, bad wife. You are being bad to your husband. To see Kendall step in and try and smooth things over and explain at her very young age, what Caitlin was feeling and trying to explain that to Chloe and Chris. To see the aftermath of the fight where Chloe and Caitlin are talking, 
all of the family dynamics there are so, so well explained just in this one small fight. Yes. And I think, you know, obviously as the seasons progressed, we got less and less of Rob. And as a result of that, we saw less how he fit in. We knew how he fit in because we watched it for the earlier seasons, but this is an example of something we would have never seen, you know, six seasons down the line. Right. Totally. So at this point, Caitlin had left. Rob basically goes out to follow her and Rob goes in to kind of say, listen, I defended you. Like mom was objectively wrong. And in his confessional, Rob is just saying, I feel bad for Caitlin because I can see that she feels like she's not part of the family. And that honestly, if you just sum up everything, that was what this was about. It was like a lack of respect and a lack of inclusion. And that was the thread that was sewn throughout this entire episode. Absolutely. And especially for Caitlin, who continually reiterates the fact that she thinks of Chloe and all of them as her own. Like there is no blood separation there that keeps her from feeling the way she does about the kids. For them and specifically for Chris to put Caitlin in a position where Caitlin doesn't feel that being reciprocated is just that's heartbreaking. No, it is. This was like really fucked up. I I, I know I keep saying it, but I, I just don't think that we had any concept of how fucked up it was. And again, even if this was intensified for purposes of the show, it, which I honestly don't really think it was that much, there was still a lot of truth to the general message here. Right. Yes, totally. So at this point, Chris goes in to talk to Caitlin and it's Chris, Caitlin, Kendall, and Rob. And Caitlin's, again, just reiterating, like, I should have known about this before it went out to the media. And Chris, again, just so taking the wrong route, in my opinion, is trying to explain that Chloe didn't know the story was out. As if that changes anything, right? Like as if that is at all a justifying factor. And Kendall kind of interjects, and Kendall's really young at the time. If you watch the episode, you can see like she's very much a preteen. And she's basically trying to explain to everyone what's going on. And so Kendall's saying to Caitlin, what Chloe told me is that she didn't know it got out. Someone leaked it to someone, it got out, and everyone knows about it now. So it's not her that told someone, it's not her fault. Can you get that she wanted to tell you in person? Is that so hard to believe? I have to say, Kendall in this scene is so adorable. But Caitlin was 100% right here. Caitlin was actually, if I was Caitlin, I would be a million times more upset than Caitlin even was. I felt like she was relatively calm in this situation. Because for all of this that have been done behind her back, and according to the show at this point, Caitlin doesn't, know the timeline here like for all that Caitlin knows this engagement was yesterday and it was leaked to the news so Kendall's you know attempt to justify this by saying Chloe didn't know it was going to be out only works to an extent it completely unravels once Caitlin realizes how long this planning has been going on for and again it's not like this planning has been going on for months we're still dealing with a very very short window but long enough that there were plenty of opportunities to quote, tell Caitlin in person. I mean, and also let us keep in mind the fact that the wedding is also happening in 10 days, which hasn't even been remotely discussed. No, it's like less than 10 days. I think it's like four days at this point, which is so funny because what was their plan? Because once you get to the engagement scene and you'll see it soon, we'll get there. It's like two or three days to the wedding. That's why Chloe's argument was so fundamentally flawed at every level. Like, I can understand what she's saying. She wanted to wait till she had the ring. That argument maybe flies if you weren't actively planning a wedding. Like, if Caitlin hadn't already, without knowing, met with the wedding planner. (laughs) Right. You know? 
So anyway, at this point, Caitlin is in her confessional and she goes, Chloe and I have a really good relationship throughout the years and I don't want to lose that over this thing. So she kicks everyone out of the room and tells Chloe to come up. So at this point, Chloe comes in and keep in mind, as we said last week, this Chloe was very different than current Chloe in the sense that she was just a lot harsher. She was a lot less soft in terms of the way that she communicated with people. So I, again, watching this, I had forgotten how this went down. I definitely was a little bit nervous for this interaction because it wasn't like she was just going to lie down and apologize immediately. Right, exactly. So Chloe walks in and Caitlin basically says, I'm sorry this went down this way, especially downstairs. I apologize. I know I'm not your genetic dad, but I pretty much raised you since you were five years old. That's kind of a really big deal when your daughter gets engaged. Wouldn't I be one of the first phone calls? And they have this back and forth where Chloe's saying, I would. And this is where Caitlin kind of goes wrong because she now switches her argument to like, you don't even know him. You don't even know him. And that is immediately where Caitlin lost Chloe. Right. Because again, that's a separate conversation. If you want to have that conversation, then that conversation needs to take place after you get to the root of what you're actually upset about, which is the fact that she didn't tell you. Exactly. And then Caitlin kind of starts comparing it to Kim saying, you know, this is going to be like when Kim ran off to Vegas when she was 19 and she didn't know who that was. And, you know, Caitlin starts saying, I'm just telling you it's the wrong thing to do. And Chloe goes, I'm not sitting here trying to declare or justify anything to anyone. This is just a decision. And in her confessional, Chloe says, it's my engagement. I'm supposed to be so happy over the moon and really excited. And I'm just not anymore. Again, yes, dramatic. Although I fully believe that this interaction took place in the way that it did. Yeah, totally. I do too. The thing is here is that Chloe didn't really react super strongly. Like I think Chloe got the message is like, do not escalate the situation because it's going to make it worse for everybody. So she did kind of a smart thing here, which was to just let Caitlin speak about how wrong Caitlin views this engagement as and how, you know, doing this so quickly in Caitlin's mind is going to just end in a disaster. And instead of fighting back, Chloe just said, okay, okay, fine. I'm not arguing with you. Okay. But what Chloe should have done in this scenario was to validate Caitlin's feelings in terms of Caitlin being upset about not being told. And Chloe should have stepped up and apologized and explained the situation. Like what Chloe did that, again, could have been for TV, could have been a producing call. But what Chloe did, if we're going to take this at face value, is instead of just laying it all out on the table and saying, listen, here's the deal. We got engaged this many days ago. We have been planning this. I wanted to wait till I had a ring. And then I was going to tell you this was my plan and this is what's happening and here's the timeline. She screws herself over more by making it seem like this just happened and not fully explaining it. So then in the next couple of scenes when Sharon Sachs is back at the house and Caitlin's like, I already met this person the other day. Chloe just screws herself over more by not being honest about what was going on. Yeah, she couldn't put her pride aside. That was the issue. And that was the issue early, you know, in a lot of the earlier seasons, just the unwillingness and kind of the rigidity here. And it was just on full display. I don't know. You know, the funny thing about this is like, we can sit here as much as we want and say that some of this was dramatized. Okay, sure. This actually did happen. They actually got engaged a month or so after knowing each other, and they actually got married this quickly. So 
it had to have been to a certain extent intense. You know what I mean? Maybe some of the stuff, okay, Caitlin's seeing it on the bullshit five o'clock news. Okay, fine. Maybe that wasn't real. Whatever you want to say. But I'm sure most of these conversations were organically happening because this situation was just fucking crazy TV show or no TV show. Right. Exactly. Yes. We're dealing with a set of facts that we know is true. Right. So now there's four days until the wedding. And at this point, Chloe and Chris are in the office. And the real substance of this scene is basically just Chris trying to remind Chloe that Caitlin is coming from a good place. And that when Robert was dying, Caitlin made him a promise that she would be the one to take care of them. And that's one of the reasons that she not only feels so responsible, but also feels so hurt. And they again, revisit the walking down the aisle conversation. And in Chloe's confessional, she's saying that like, Yes, she's so hurt by Caitlin's reaction, but also she feels that even if she did ask Caitlin, she doesn't know if she would say yes. She kind of feels like there's no way she would want to. So this is where I have to imagine Chris is regretting the way that she handled this because it could have been avoided if Chris was more insistent with Chloe way earlier on because her feeding into it and maybe kind of kept things quiet and it didn't rock the boat. But now it's like, the undoing it is far more difficult than if she would have just set the boundaries earlier on. Yeah. It's a, it's a very important life lesson here in being upfront about things rather than letting them escalate to this point. A thousand percent. And it's so antithetical to everything that I think of when I think of Kris Jenner. Right. But I guess in terms of personal life and kids and specifically Caitlin, You know, that was always the issue that Chris got herself into. It was always keeping something from Caitlin that then escalated to a fight. We saw this kind of play out from season one in terms of trying to keep things from Caitlin, specifically when it involves the girls, and it just never ended well. And that was probably, if we're really going to look at their marriage, honestly, that was one of the huge, huge issues they had because on the other hand, like kind of in defense of Chris doing that, is that you didn't know how Caitlyn was going to react. You didn't want to have to deal with Caitlyn being upset about something that Caitlyn, you know, if you can keep it hidden from her for as long as possible to avoid the fight, then do it that way. And so you kind of, looking back on it, see the fact that this marriage was really never going to work out because they couldn't even be upfront with each other. Their communication styles were so different. And honestly, they just had such different value systems, I think, in so many ways. Right. Totally. Yeah. There's so, it's very true. I actually think that if we were going to do like an episode and not a podcast episode, a video episode, hypothetically speaking, and you had to do it based on all of the footage from all 20 seasons, and you just had to clip certain parts of episodes that really highlighted the deeply rooted issues between Chris and Caitlin's marriage, this episode and certain scenes would be a prime example of it. It really, really would be because. Caitlin feels so not heard by Chris. At the same time, you know, there are a million times when her reaction was completely off, but this is a really good example of that continual complaint that Caitlin had. Oh, absolutely. When their marriage ended and Caitlin did not act the way you would hope she would have after the divorce, and she really was not good to Chris afterwards. Obviously, we all took Chris aside because we could see that hurt and we could see what was wrong with that situation in terms of 
what Caitlin said in Vanity Fair, what Caitlin wrote in her book. Like we understood the pain there that that caused Chris and we were not on board with it. At the same time, there are certain times where you'll watch the show back and specifically this scene where you're able to say, I still think what Caitlin did was wrong. Her hurt must have been very valid in order to do that. Right. Totally. It's a it's a very true and important perspective to have. You know, you're so right. Even though, of course, like if I'm choosing my allegiances to Chris any day of the week. Oh, of course. It's just you understand it better. You understand their marriage and you understand the divorce far better having seen something like this. For sure. That's why I think that people trying to understand their divorce, even us having watched every single episode from all 20 seasons, we still have so much we don't know. But I imagine somebody trying to understand what happened if they had never watched the show. I mean, you're going in totally blind. Totally. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the Viral Turquoise Tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. So the next scene, the boxes from Vera Wang comes in. Just another thing that Caitlin has a lot of confusion as to how it happened so soon. And Chloe tries on her dress for everyone. Keep in mind, Chris hadn't seen it. The only person that saw it was Malika in New York. And they're all so happy glowing for her. Obviously, she looks beautiful. And Chris takes out her wedding dress to show Chloe, kind of jokingly saying, in case you want to wear that one instead, it's the one that she wore when she married Robert. And Chloe's immediate reaction is like, oh, that dress is so ugly. I would die. And everyone is yelling at her and Chris just starts to cry, not in a dramatic way. You could just tell it was kind of her knee-jerk reaction. And these were the moments when I'm like, I cannot believe this is the same Chloe that is so sensitive to everyone else's emotions and has so much emotional intelligence now and handles things with so much compassion. Like clearly this wedding dress, yes, it is a physical and material item, it had so much sentimental value to Chris and she was so proud. It was the first time she had taken it out. And Chloe has this reaction of somebody that just has a cold heart. And it's so bizarre how she didn't make that connection in the moment of like, sometimes you have to think before you speak because somebody else's emotions are more important than your initial reaction. Like, I know I sound like I'm talking about her, like she's a toddler. I mean, she's one of the most empathetic family members now. It was just so bizarre to me watching this, knowing how she is now. The contrast is confusing because there are so many ways that you look at Chloe 
And we've said this before. We've said like, oh my God, I really miss the old Chloe sometimes. I miss how much fun she was. And I miss the dynamic between her and Courtney. And there are so many elements of the old Chloe that we would love to see back. And when you see glimpses of it, when you're watching the show or when you were watching the show, it was so like nice and refreshing. And then you see this version of the old Chloe and you're like, I can't even comprehend that that's the same person. And I can't comprehend that that's the person that I was like, is the best part of the show for me. Right. Exactly. I was so upset on Chris's behalf when I was watching this because I felt her pain. And then, of course, in Chloe's confessional, which is filmed after the fact, she says, you know, I felt like Chris was making this all about her. And I know I reacted a little bit out of line. And I do have to be more appreciative of the fact that she's throwing this wedding together in nine days. And I'm sitting here like, yes, that is exactly what you need to be doing because she has been the one out of everyone in your family that has been the most on board. I wonder if Chloe has watched this back, this episode back recently. I obviously, maybe my situation is a little bit more intense because like my mom died, but either way, it still would be terrible. I would hate to have to rewatch any of like the really bad fights I got into with my mom in high school. I think all of us would. You would just cringe because not that it happened so much with me, but there were definitely times when I really regret the way that I handled some things back in my earlier years. And I have to imagine that even though Chris is still alive, Chloe would have that same reaction watching this. Right. And that's a kind of exactly my point, which is I wonder if if it would be harder for her to have to sit through the Lamar element of it or harder for her to have to sit through the way she treated both Chris and Caitlin throughout this episode. I think, again, another great question we should ask Chloe when she comes on. I absolutely think the Chris element, because I I really do think that at this point, the way that Chloe feels about the Lamar chapter of her life is exactly that, that it was a chapter. And I actually think, again, this may not be true. This may be me just putting words in her mouth, but I do believe that she can look at the happy times that she had with him as kind of something, like I said, frozen in time, you know, as a real point of her life that she wouldn't take back and she can appreciate that for what it was. Whereas there's no kind of happiness in watching this. Like, I guess the happiness comes from the growth. Right. What do you think? I I honestly don't know. I mean, the way Chloe talks about Lamar is always so interesting to me because she says all the right things. You know what I mean? Like when we were talking about her and we were talking about the entire family during the Andy Cohen special, we were saying like, their media training is so superb because they always just know to say the right thing. And there's just something about the Chloe and Lamar element that I want to hear Chloe just say, maybe not the right thing for once. I want to hear her actual raw feelings even now. And I don't know if we'll ever get that from her, but there's a piece of me that feels like if she were to watch this back, it would transport her to a time that she has really shut the door on. Like it is a hundred percent a chapter in her life. And I do believe that there is an overwhelming piece of her that feels exactly the way that you described, which is like, she wouldn't change it for the world because it was a chapter and it was important and she can close the door on it with that kind of closure and understanding. But at the same time, I have to wonder what it would be like for her to watch herself in the moment. So in love, so sure of this relationship because I'm sure if she hasn't watched it back in a while and she's kind of relying on the current feelings and the way she feels in the moment or the way she felt after everything ended and went wrong 
those are two very different emotions. And I have to imagine that she's leaning very heavily on the aftermath rather than what it was like in the moment. So I don't know what it would be like for her to rewatch this. Yeah, that's interesting. I I don't know because as you're talking, I'm thinking maybe there's a part of her that it would actually be cathartic to deal with potentially some of the, maybe we could say resentment, sadness, whatever she may still hold you know, as it, as it applies to how it ended, if she saw just how deeply in love she was, because maybe she hasn't been able to get in touch with the love that she felt because it was so overshadowed by some of the negative feelings. So actually maybe just, just to flip your argument on its head, even though I have literally no idea, I'm just talking out loud, maybe it could actually be like a cathartic experience. Yeah. I, I so know what you mean. What would be, what would be funny is for her to feel like she got to a point where she's ready to watch it. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's something that she's been working towards and she sits down one day fully ready to watch this, that she's been putting off for so long and she wants to do this finally. And she sits down and watches it. It's like, Oh my God, I was such a bitch to my parents. Like, and that's her takeaway from the whole thing. I swear to you, I think it would be. <laughs> I think it would be too. Like I, I think that there is a point where she would be unable to look at the Lamar element of it, because it would be so hard for her to look past how differently she acted. Yeah. No, this, this shit was just, it was not it. Okay. At this point, you know, Chris is really upset and Chloe apologizes and Chris wasn't being dramatic. And she really said, she's like, I just waited so long to show this stress to you guys. And she said, I didn't realize that I was going to react in that way. I was so kind of caught off guard when you made that comment. And so it was kind of a beautiful moment because it was very real where Chris wasn't even mad at Chloe. If anything, she was kind of almost just taking stock of her own reaction. Didn't you kind of feel that way? Yeah, I did. I definitely did. And then Kim, which we'll talk about this in a second, wants to make Chris happy. So she tries it on. She looks absolutely beautiful, by the way. It fit her like a glove. She looked so beautiful in it. She really did. It was kind of almost scarily perfect for her. But this just goes to show we always say that out of all of them, and Kylie has it a little bit too, and I guess now in recent days, one could argue that Chloe does. But at the end of the day, if we're choosing one, it's Kim. She has just always looked out for Chris in a way that the others, at least as it's portrayed to the viewers, haven't. Yeah, it's, it is. It's funny because I do think Kylie has a lot of it and a lot more than we give her credit for because that's when Kylie's real soft side comes out is with Chris and Kylie kind of took over that role from Kim and Chloe definitely does it now a hundred percent does it now but in the earlier days the way Kim felt that need to swoop in and comfort Chris and make the situation okay was very very specific to Kim at the time it really was and you see it so much more obviously when you're watching it now because yeah Kylie was not at that stage in her life at all I really enjoy the dynamic of Kylie and Chris for so many reasons, but I guess on top of it all, I view Kylie as kind of somebody that I don't really know because you don't know her as well as the other siblings. And I guess I view her, I don't want to say hard, but maybe a little bit more cold or a little bit more distant than the other siblings. So when that side with her and Chris comes out and she kind of reverts to being the baby of the family it gives you such a sweet side of Kylie that is so enjoyable to watch. It is enjoyable. And honestly, you know, I, I so get her not wanting to be on the show towards the later seasons. Like I really do get it. And I know, you know, we can be frustrated superficially, but we understand fine. 
there's almost a part of me that feels sometimes like it's doing herself a disservice in terms of the public view of her because people start to kind of fill in what they think she would do in a situation since we don't actually know sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm unsure because I find that with Kylie, that side comes out with Chris and Chloe specifically. But with the other siblings, sometimes it would be doing her more harm than good to actually be on the show and show her real personality. For example, the fight she had with Kendall where you just wanted to be like, Kylie, you are so wrong and it's making me physically angry at you to see how wrong you are in this situation. So I actually don't know if it would do more harm than good or the other way around. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I guess, I guess we'll never know. I guess we'll never know. (laughs) Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Okay, next scene, Scott and Rob, absolute dream team. Rob is kind of filling Scott in that Adrian contacted him and asked if he wanted to go to the wedding as friends. And Scott is like, as friends? Absolutely not. You're going to go with me. You'll meet her at the wedding on your own turf. And in his confessional, Scott's basically saying, you know, I know Rob really cares about Adrian and her feelings, but if he isn't careful, he's just going to look like a friend who's completely desperate to her. And so they kind of, you know, are having this back and forth about it. And Rob's hope is that Adrian will see that he's a good guy, which I don't think that was ever lost on Adrian. Like, I don't think at all that she thought he was a bad guy. She loved the family too much to ever think that. I think she just felt that he was too immature for her. Do you think that's fair to say? Yeah. And I mean, he also cheated on her at this time. No, I understand what I'm saying. I don't think that she thinks that comes from him being a bad person. I feel like she chalked it up more so to maturity. A hundred percent. Yes, you're so right. Also, we have to backtrack for one second because what happened in the scene is actually hilarious where Rob is saying to Scott that Adrian asked him to go as friends. And the fact of the matter is, is that Malika says the scene before where they're talking and Kim says to Malika, oh, Rob did it. Rob asked Adrian to go to the wedding and she said she only wanted to go as friends like they could be a group and go together. So Rob's retelling of the events, leaving out the part where he was the one that said it first to tell Scott about it to seem cool to Scott is so funny. Yes. Yes. You are so right. It's Which by the way, if you're Rob, I so get it. Like Scott was never going to necessarily find out. <laughs> right. I mean, other than the fact that it's on camera, but at that point, who cares? I would have <laughs> recounted it that way also because it obviously is embarrassing to have to say that. Right. And you know, after Rob expresses to Scott, like, I just want her to think that I'm a good guy. Scott says, you are a good guy. You unfortunately broke up over reasons that were not great for you. But if you're really a good guy and you're willing to change, I'm sure she would be willing to take you back. You just have to be a gentleman. And Rob goes, Courtney took you back. Scott goes, well, don't compare yourself to me. (laughs) 
Do you think there's anything funnier than Scott Disick in 2009 giving dating advice to somebody else? No, it is quite literally hilarious. It's it's a stand-up routine, truly. And the fact that Rob is taking it in. Right. Well, Rob loves Scott. Rob really trusts Scott as this older brother figure. And in his mind, Scott has it all figured out. Scott is uh, the ladies' man who landed Courtney and made his relationship work and is now having a baby. So in Scott's eyes, that is the person to look up to above all else. Yeah. And, you know, it really does go to show just how much Rob loved Scott because he was very willing to forgive some of the shit that went down with Courtney. Like, I almost want to say more willing to more quickly than some of the other ones. Right. Don't you think? I know. I do think. I I totally think. It's interesting because they do have their issues as the seasons progress between Rob and Scott, and they have a number of fights and falling out. But yeah, I I think that the way in which Rob looked up to Scott oftentimes overshadowed situations where you would expect Rob to want nothing to do with Scott. Completely. So we now have three days to the wedding, and this is when Lamar and Chloe come over for the family dinner. And, you know, everybody is obviously a little bit on eggshells because of what just went down with Caitlin and Chloe. Nobody knows how it's going to go. And at first, Caitlin's kind of being very standoffish. And then, to everybody's surprise, Caitlin and Lamar start engaging in this conversation and, you know, just learning more about Lamar's background. And Lamar tells Caitlin that he lost his mother to cancer when he was 12 years old, which Caitlin then connects with him on that element, you know, regarding Robert's cancer and how old Chloe was. And everybody's kind of looking around in disbelief because all of a sudden, at the end of the table, they're engaged in this very deep conversation with a lot of eye contact and as if nobody else is in the room. And it was just such a complete 180 to everybody's expectation. Yeah. (laughs) That scene is so funny to me because Caitlin starts out in the, like with zero social cues. Like the, the reason the conversation turns deep is because Lamar says something about being an only child And then once Lamar opens up, Caitlin's like, oh, fuck, I should not have said that, obviously. And they really bond. It was just funny watching Caitlin try to be so hard and then let her guard down immediately as soon as she realized how wrong she was about the situation. Yeah, and I can appreciate that. I can appreciate, even in her confession, when she says, listen, I still don't think they should get married, but starts to say, I have a lot of respect for him. He grew up in New York in a tough situation. He lost his mom at a young age. He's been through a lot. He's very successful. Saying, I mean, those are all a lot of great qualities that any dad would like to see in this situation. So I, yes, I was glad that on some level, Caitlin could identify out loud the things that were good. Even if in general, like bottom line is still this wedding should not happen. There are definitely some people that would be unwilling to even welcome the positive remotely. Yes, exactly. So they're all outside now. Lamar gets the ring from inside, officially proposes. I thought this ring was absolutely gorgeous. I still think it is today. I do too. A hundred percent. I love that ring. Sometimes though, like you see something back in the day and now you can still acknowledge how extravagant it was, but it's like, eh, no, it's a little bit gaudy. Not really the taste. I still think like in 2021, if Chloe got proposed to with that ring, I would love it. I would too. <laughs> so glad. What? I'm just so glad we agree on that. 
I mean, listen, it's a gorgeous fucking rock of a ring brought in a Cartier box. What are we going to do? Say no? I know. <laughs> totally. I was about to say, what are we going to do? Say no? <laughs> okay, so Chloe's in her confessional and she's just saying, you know, I feel very at peace. I'm very secure, very comfortable in my own skin. And she says, and I quote, literally in his sleep, every time he wakes up and he moves, he tells me he loves me when he rolls over. That's just not what I've ever had before, which that is such, to me, a perfect anecdote to kind of describe the way that she felt about this entire relationship. It was just like an overwhelming amount of love that she didn't even have a reference point to compare it to because it was something she's never experienced. And I don't even think she dreamed of experiencing. I just almost started crying. I'm really emotional. I don't know if I can finish the rest of this episode. I really like that hit me hard. Well, Kobe's about to come out, so. No, I I can't. This. Bring in a sub. Bring in Isabel. I can't finish this episode. <laughs> oh, are we about to get to fucking Caitlin's speech? Because that's when I I actually needed a minute during that. I know. Okay. We let's just let's power through. No okay. crying, just power through the episode, okay? Okay. Next scene, there's two days until the wedding, and they're at Chloe's bachelorette party. Obviously, it's crazy. Chris is there. She ends up leaving once the stripper comes and once she realizes what's going on, but it was very, very classic, obviously way more lowbrow than it would be if they were throwing it now, but it was definitely like the Chloe, Courtney, raunchy stuff that we loved in the earlier seasons. It was on full display here. It was the bachelorette party that Chloe deserved. Chloe didn't need a classy bachelorette party like they would have done or like a vacation trip that she needed like a down and dirty, raunchy bachelorette party. Absolutely. And that's exactly what she got. Right. Okay. It's the day before the wedding now and they're at the rehearsal and they're going over everything. And at this point, keep in mind, Rob is still scheduled to walk Chloe down the aisle. She has not said anything to Caitlin and that's still the plan. And Caitlin kind of just quietly walks out during the rehearsal. It's not really touched on, but we all know that that's what's going on. And so we have the actual dinner. It's at Lamar's favorite restaurant in LA Chloe first stands up, thanks Chris for everything she's done. And Chloe and Lamar had gotten Chris a Cartier watch, which you can see she's so touched, which she still would be at the time because the sentiment was so there. But I remember at the time us being like, holy shit, good move on their part. Whereas now for them to get each other a Cartier watch is like a Tuesday. Right. And still at the time, and I feel now, Chloe, as you should have, as you should have. And then Chris brings out a cake in honor of Lamar's mom because it would have been her birthday. And this to me is just the most classic kind of Chris Jenner move. So intentional and really with the purpose of just wanting Lamar to know we are your family now. We embrace you and we celebrate your mom and her life. And we want you to know that that part of your life, even though we weren't there for it, it's not lost on us. And so it's a classic Hanson's cake, the whole nine. And you can see, I think he's really touched. Like, I don't think any part of him was expecting this. And it was just totally the right thing to do. And it was a very sweet and real moment. Yeah, it was a beautiful moment, especially because the entire episode, you're kind of viewing it through the lens of Chloe. Like, how is Lamar to Chloe? Is Lamar going to love her the way that Chloe deserves to be loved? listening to Chloe talk about all of these amazing attributes that Lamar has. And finally, in this scene, you got a view of like, okay, this is what Lamar gets too. Like this was the big draw for Lamar. He gets a family out of this. We get to see the way they are going to treat him. So it was a really nice display of their relationship at this time and the way that the family embraces new people. 
Completely. And also keep in mind at this point, you know, Lamar seemingly knows Chloe's heart or can tell that she's a good person that comes from a good family, but he has no idea just how sentimental this family actually is. That's something that they've always been even before they had the type of money they do now. And so this was kind of like his first introduction to that. And I can't imagine something more touching than for your future mother-in-law to honor your mother's birthday on the eve of your wedding. That's like a very special thing. It was a really special moment. I remember being as touched watching it now as I was the first time that I saw it. Me too. This was the part that I just absolutely lost it. So Caitlin gives this speech, and I think Chloe's a little bit nervous because she knows that Caitlin doesn't necessarily approve of this, just like conceptually. Julie transcribed this verbatim. She says, Chloe, you came into my life when you were five, just turning six years old. And I have to admit, maybe because you were the younger one and everything, but I think throughout the years, we've had a very special relationship. The one person that's missing here tonight, I know he's looking down on you and smiling, and that's your dad. About two weeks before your dad passed away, I talked to him and I told him, hey, look, if I was in your position, what would really bother me is not about me. It would be about my children. And I told him I would always be there for you kids, and I hope I have. Which brings me to Lamar. We've known each other a few days now, and of course you can understand any father's concern when his daughter comes up to him and says, I've known this guy for a month and we're getting married in a week. But I just want to say that in the few days, in the time that I've had the chance to spend time with you, I think Chloe's made a wonderful decision. So I said to her father that I'd always take care of her. Now she's your responsibility, and good luck, big guy. Okay, reading this now, having not just watched the episode what I could say is not going to do justice to the way I felt. When I watched this most recently, which I guess was last week, I was sitting in this exact spot hysterically crying because literally since, since two weeks before my mom died, when I knew that she wasn't going to be at my wedding, this has been my worst nightmare. Like, you know, just making sure that her presence is so felt and just that realization. And so this was like, it kind of it coming to fruition. So I don't mean to personalize it. I just feel like if you lost someone, this is what happens. And it was so touching and like so fucking emotional. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's funny because I was like, when we were watching it, you would watch it after I did. And you had said something about starting the episode. And I, in my mind, was like, okay, make sure you warn her before she gets there. And then I would like forgot about it. And then you said something else. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, M, M, <laughs> warning, warning. And you were like, no, I'm already there. It's too late. And I was like, oh no. But <laughs> like, it, it was, it was literally because I was hysterically crying. And I could only imagine you watching it. It was at the exact time when you texted me, you were like, I think you're going to need a warning. And I sent Julie back a picture of me hysterically crying. I was like, it's a little bit too late, which is fine. I'm, I welcome crying. It's, it's a good thing. It's, it's, you know, you have to have those sometimes like just in general, I think whatever you're going through, sometimes we put things in the back of our minds to like suppress it. So it's good to get out a good cry. Cause obviously it's something I think about constantly, but yeah, it was really emotional for me. And I think for Chloe too, and to watch all of them, like this was the first wedding. This was the, I mean, Kim doesn't count. This was the first post Robert's loss wedding. Right. It was, it was extremely, extremely emotional. And I just think there's something in general about watching dads cry that always gets me like specifically every single time, no matter who it is, it just gets me. So to watch Caitlin so emotional and really be the person that even though this episode kind of surrounded 
the topic of Caitlin feeling left out of the family or Caitlin maybe not being that person, for her to be able to push all of those feelings aside and rise to the occasion maybe more than anybody else there. And that's not a diss to anybody else there. I just think Caitlin was in a u- unique position to be able to do that, to be able to honor Robert and honor Chloe. It was just unbelievably special and emotional. It really was, especially given what we just saw go down, kind of like all that stuff was bullshit and the real core of it, which in this way actually was the connection to Robert just rose to the occasion. It was it was profound, I actually think. <laughs> yeah, it was. And after the dinner, Chloe pulls Caitlin aside and she basically says, you know, you've done such a good job at having this role in our lives and never pushing it on us. And you've been this person for me since I was five. And basically, I just want to know, would you be willing to walk me down the aisle? And Caitlin says, I would be nothing but honored to walk my little Chloe down the aisle. It was It was really beautiful, especially like we said, the stark contrast of their fights, but also how Chloe hadn't really been able to effectively emote this entire episode. She hasn't been able to articulate her gratitude, even to Chris. And so this was like a clearly something that didn't come easy to her and she did it. And I was just so happy watching it. This was my favorite scene in the entire episode. I think me too. It was really special. It really was extremely touching. And even though we've had so many discussions throughout this entire episode about really not being able to know what is real and what was genuine throughout this episode and what was set up as plot, maybe this episode more than any other we've done that for, this was one moment where you just know the sincerity was 100% there, could not be replicated, faked, anything like that. So to watch it go down was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Completely. I, I very much agree with you. This was not staged. Apartments.com believes a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com. The place to find a place. So the night before the wedding, they're at the suite and they're all just kind of talking about it. Chloe's saying she feels completely fine. She's not really nervous. She's more excited. And they're all joking about how they were, you know, single sisters in Miami. And Kim's saying, you know, not only did I think this was going to be me, but Chloe and Courtney also were like, ah, Kim's too boring to bring. She's all wifed up. And now, (laughs) like... It just it did such a 180. It is funny the way that worked out. Yeah, funny to everybody but Kim. Definitely funny to everybody but Kim, but I imagine that in retrospect, she would be able to look back on that and laugh. The moment where they're all in their robes, jumping on the bed, yelling, you're getting married tomorrow is so OG Kardashians, and I just love it. 
iconic. Thank God they have that clip because I feel like any single time they do a reunion show or they do a look back on old episodes show, that clip is always in there. Mm -hmm. Actual wedding day. It's at a family friend's house in Beverly Hills. It's beautiful and everyone's walking in. So Phil Jackson, Sugar Ray Leonard, who's actually Chloe's godfather, Kelly Osbourne, who's arm in arm with Jonathan Shavon, Kobe and Vanessa. And when I saw Kobe, obviously I knew that he was there. I just, maybe I forgot that he he was actually shown. I really had had a strong reaction to that. I I really got very sad just seeing him. Not, I mean, I know that's normal, but I don't know if I was expecting to have as strong of a reaction as I did. It's an emotional episode. I told you it was like, as if it couldn't be more emotional, you have to then watch Kobe walk through like, no, that's not fair. That's too much for one person to handle. No, it really was. Subplot for a second that we've been talking about is Rob and Adrian. And so Scott sees that Adrian arrives and he goes over to her. He's like, listen, I'm going to put a good word in for Rob because let's be honest, he needs it. So he walks over. He's like, Adrian, you know, I know you're here for Rob and not just for Chloe. Let's be honest. And she kind of plays it off. She's like, no, I'm here for the family. I'm here for everyone. And Scott is the ultimate wingman here. He's like, listen, do you miss Rob? Because we really miss you. And just definitely setting the scene. And I think one, I do believe that this was genuine in terms of the way they went down, but also it kind of added a lightheartedness to it, which I don't know if Adrian felt. I actually think this probably made her feel more comfortable. Yeah, I thought so too. I mean, it was such typical Scott and I feel like above all else for Scott to be able to treat Adrian exactly as you would expect Scott to treat you. Like as in he didn't feel the need to change around you. He wasn't being uncomfortable. That was probably so comforting for Adrian in terms of the relationship she has with the family and the relationship she hoped to have with the family. That for if even Scott can just be like, even if he's joking about Rob, even if he's talking about him, to be 100% normal and 100% himself with her, that was probably such a relief for her. Completely, completely. So it's the actual ceremony. Everybody walks out. They all look so gorgeous. Julie literally wrote in parentheses, Kim is so gorgeous, she cannot come to my wedding. I know. Yeah, she can't come to my wedding. Yeah, she really is a knockout. I'm iffy on inviting you, honestly. (laughs) Stop it. So Caitlin walks Chloe down the aisle and Rob says in his confessional, for me to see my sister so happy and finally she found someone, I definitely, definitely think this will last. Which normally, knowing what we know now, that comment would have almost a level of eeriness to it. I didn't feel that way at all. Because when I was hearing him say it, I wasn't thinking about what ended up happening in the end of their marriage. I was actually thinking about the bond that Rob and Lamar had built together. Oh my God. That's almost more emotional. Right? Now I'm like upset again because you're right. Like I'm upset for Rob. I'm just emotional. This episode is a lot to watch. It is. Okay. So we're in the final scene. They get married. They have the kiss and they're now at the reception and Rob sees Adrian. He's like, listen, I haven't spoken to her in six months. It's killing me. And in his confessional, he says, she looks beautiful and I'm actually a little intimidated by her. So he sits down, they're talking. It's it's going well. I would definitely would not say that this was, it was poorly received, his presence. And she makes a comment just saying how hot she is. And he just like casually is like, oh, so take off your clothes. And I was like, oh. I sent you a Snapchat of that. And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> like, okay. He turns around, I'm like fucking naked. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that TikTok where it's yes? Do you know which one I'm gonna say though? Yeah, but say it. 
where it's the Timothy Chalamet scene in Lady Bird where he says like, oh, you don't have a phone? Good girl. And then it's like, it cuts to somebody throwing their phone off a balcony. <laughs> That's how I felt with this. Like it would have cut to me standing there completely naked, just staring at my computer screen. Me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> That's such, I love when a TikTok matches the moment. Me too. Me too. So they come out for their first dance. It's just beautiful. And everybody is so in awe, I think, of their love story because everybody really does believe it because it was believable and because it really was real. And it's just sweet. The whole thing is just sweet. Back to Rob and Adrian for a second. They're sitting next to each other and he's like kind of trying to be touchy. And he's saying, he's like, I just want to remind her of the Robert that she used to love. (laughs) I can't. He was so cute. I know. And then Lamar's best man, Jerry, gives a speech all about how Lamar's grandmother asked him to watch over Lamar. And now he's asking Chloe to do the same, saying, you've now realized what the rest of us already know. It's very easy to love Lamar, which in a way was similar to what Caitlin was saying in her speech the night before, kind of just referencing one very instrumental person in Chloe's life that had passed away in that role of guardian. It was very special how that kind of wove its way throughout this entire thing. I have to say that one line, like I know we've said, you know, most of the lines that we've heard could be eerie in other circumstances, but in this, it's just like kind of something beautiful to look back on and you can take it for what it is. That line of like, you've now realized what the rest of us already know, it's very easy to love Lamar. That almost felt a little eerie to me because I was like, you know what? That's exactly what it is. It is so easy to love Lamar. And even the way we talk about it now is so different than how we would approach any other person that put Chloe through this or any other member of the family through this because it is just that easy to love him. That is who he is and that is the personality that you grasped onto and that you remembered. So that line specifically, I was like, that is that is an important line in this episode. Oh, it totally is. It totally is. And I don't even think though, I hear what you're saying about like that having a, a moment or a split second of eeriness. Although I don't think for me that I at all conflated that with like, he's very manipulative or like he has a gift for manipulation. I don't think that that's what it was. I think that his, he just progressed negatively as it went on. I don't think that this wasn't the real him. No, no, I I don't, I, I didn't mean it like that at all. Like, I don't think it was manipulative or even conscious to an extent for the way he was acting specifically at this time. I just mean the only reason it's eerie is because it's so true. Like Lamar was so unbelievably lovable and still probably is to the point where all of us and maybe specifically Chloe were able to overlook things for a period of time because of how lovable he was. But I don't think it was a specific manipulative intentional thing. No, no, I I agree. I'm saying that's, I'm so on your page. I just want to make that clarification. Right. And then it kind of ends with Kim and Courtney giving their speech. They didn't really write anything, but it was sweet and short. And Kim says, our dad always did a peak and pit of the day with them. And so Courtney says the pit of the day is obviously their dad not being there, but the peak is how happy they are for Chloe and Lamar and how happy Lamar makes Chloe. It was just special. They are then in the purple juicy sweatsuits and it ends with the words at the beginning. Those exact purple juicy sweatsuits should be at the Smithsonian right now. I'm sure Kim has them in her archive. I would hope so. Yeah, fuck the Met Gala look. That's what we want to see. First of all, talk about a Met Gala look. (laughs) I know. (laughs) 
I just loved this episode, even though it fucking ripped my heart out and stomped on it. I'm so glad I'm in therapy. I don't know if I would do as well watching this if I wasn't. <laughs> okay, just at me. <laughs> I'm sitting right here. <laughs> Guys, holy shit. I can't believe we just got through that. This was such a monumental moment in the like Kardashian history and it's just fucking over. What? I mean- it's been over for about 10 years, but yeah. I know, but we just got through it. That seems crazy. It does. I, I'm with you. I, I'm i still like emotional thinking about it. I think I'm just upset about Kobe now. Yeah. And also this fucking Tristan shit, which I know we said we're not going to give any time to, which we're not, but it doesn't help. Yeah, but I'm not upset about that. I actually feel so overwhelmingly indifferent about it. Yeah, I would say I'm relatively apathetic. Yeah. Okay, guys, we love you so much. Thanks for being on this journey with us. If you made it this far, I am really grateful and happy that you're here. And we love you. We'll see you next week. Anything else? No, that's it, kid. Okay, we love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like, Generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like You shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.